Hey, welcome back to Talking Pigskin. I'm the Cowboy. He's the Jag. It's week nine. It's crazy. Wow. It's Halloween's gone. It's November first now. Trade deadlines come and gone. If now we're in the the crystal ball era of like part of the season where yeah. you start forecasting and kind of stop looking at teams' records when they're facing off, and it's more about. Okay, what type, of, what type of team do I think they're going to be? What type of team do I think they are now? And then kind of start a lot of forecasting. That's what I've been doing yeah. anyways at this point in the season. Teams are either finding themselves or, or they're falling apart. Yeah, that's – well, and it's, it's not a – somewhere in between as well. It's not a coincidence that two episodes ago we were, you know, talking about contenders and uh, pretenders, and that's probably what it's going to be for at least another, another two weeks anyways. You get into – week 11 type area and you're like okay it's pretty obvious that this team just can't play on the road or you know whatever example you want to use but that's you know what i mean it's it takes more of a sample size though definitely to to kind of see what teams you can trust and and you know what i mean what 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 trends you can actually believe and whatnot because one of them that we've talked about a lot is that bad o lines don't don't travel well and mm-hmm. and more and more they keep keep winning on the road it's kind of wild. It was really interesting to think about what we could take away from Week 8. Because starting with the Thursday night matchup, uh, Deshaun Watson is, I mean, spectacular. Yeah, he's a stud. He's, he's, he's throwing for absolute perfect passes. And, I mean, five, five touchdowns against the Miami defense, which one could question isn't that great. And they're definitely a different team. They're like a Jekyll and Hyde kind of team on the road and and uh, at home. And Brock Osweiler Houston, did not don't, look Don't discount good. Houston, though. I mean, it, you know, we asked a couple weeks ago, or I asked you, do you believe that Houston can dig themselves out of that 0-3 start? And I kind of hinged it around their O-line play because it was just atrocious. Mm-hmm. And uh, and it's it, it still is, but now that, you know, they've reeled off five wins in a row. Miami did not... They did not pass protect very well. Brock Osweiler, 241, one interception. Amendola had the nicest touchdown pass of the night. And if you think about <laughs> if you think about that offensive play calling when you have to resort to that level of trickery, I mean, maybe it's in the game plan, maybe it's scheme, who knows. But Yeah, I, I don't necessarily subscribe to that. If you're if you gotta go to trick plays, then you're you're not you know, you're not good. No. It's kinda true. But it's a wrinkle to an offense, right? Yeah, it's Bill Belichick still uses trick plays you know what i mean yeah but he waits he, he does he, he figures some shit out in week three and practice yeah. on a wednesday and he's like whoa you can throw and they're like okay we'll save this for denver in the afc well, championship he does, game he does five he does five to ten in a regular season right and they're, they're always impressive to look at but deshaun watson 16 to 20 so that's 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 80 percent. that's four incompletions 239 five touchdowns no interceptions lamar, like, that's, lamar that's miller mad. had a big game early he I think he had over 100 yards rushing in the first half. I forgot to, to stat check that, but it felt like it anyways. Everybody played well, it seemed like. Yeah, like on that's the, the thing. That, that was the baffling thing about their start. Because no, I, like, I didn't expect them to go out, start 0-3. I thought it would kind of be them in Jacksonville swinging back and forth, fighting in the, in the standings all season long. Where, I mean, it's not that far off from it. I mean, they've only got a... A game and a half lead over Jacksonville. No, right? with the 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 big story out of that game is Will Fuller getting injured, um, and then subsequently bringing in Demarius Thomas. I was gonna say it didn't take long to get the week. replacement. No, but he Will Fuller five catches, hundred twenty four yards, one touchdown on six targets. So the efficiency's there, the speed's there, the quality is there. Yeah, they're not getting that. I don't think they're gonna get that production out of out of Thomas. He's just not that player. He doesn't separate the way Will Fuller does. He, he's definitely he, not a burner. He's just not that design guy. He's he's a big big body yeah. receiver. Do you do you see them kind of trying to cater parts of their offense mm-hmm. to what Thomas does well or do you try to do you think they're going to try to find where he can fit into what they do? Absolutely the latter because DeAndre yeah. Hopkins is the one. He's one of the more That's declared fair. ones yeah. in the league. He's more so a one than Julio Jones in Atlanta given how good Calvin Ridley's been playing. Okay, so yeah. what I will say is the latter is true. Thomas will fit into Houston, and they'll see what what he does well. You can um, even argue that just because of the the lack of scoring from Julio. Yeah, 
as well. Takeaways from the London game, which I was extremely disappointed by. Uh, uh, poor Jaguars. Were you? Per- okay, that's actually... So I'm, I'm... It's, it was inconsistency, and we talked about this before going on to the air. It was inconsistency by everybody, not just Blake Bortles. Okay, see, I, I was going to applaud the way you worded it, because last week on air you said that you expected a total domination. I expected them to come from, out and play very, from very well. Who? And be sharp. I expected Blake Bortles and the offensive oh, to come out whoa, whoa. and time be out, sharp. Time out, time out, time out. You told me last week on the podcast that you expected Jacksonville to get wiped out. You expected Philly to smash them. A better said, perfor- I expected a better performance than... Okay. So oh, Okay, hold on. So you expected Jacksonville to look good, but Philly to look better? Thank you. I'm not trying okay. to be a Republican politician here. <laughs> what I'm trying to say is... No, no, is no. It does matter, though. Incons- yeah. The performance of the inconsistency that, that I saw... But shouldn't what you did see on Sunday in make London... Make me happy in some way? Yes, because no. you watched Blake Bortles play his best game in a month and a half, and it still wasn't good enough. So maybe it's not just Blake Bortles. So Blake Bortles having an average game at quarterback, while his receivers are relatively inconsistent... I don't take solace in that fact. I don't take solace in the fact that we're starting a third-string left tackle because Robinson's out, Wells is out. So it, there are problems. All is not well in Denmark. Like I'm not. Try, I'm not arguing with you. I'm. I'm searching for an evaluation out of you because. So so Blake Bortles throws for like, don't you, he throws, throws for two hundred eighty six yards and one touchdown. Okay. Yeah. But do you mean to tell me that at any point in time in that game you thought that that offense was mounting a great drive because I didn't see that level of consistency. Okay, so that's there's a couple things that I came away for like the first two possessions of the game they get a fumble recovery and then they get a pick in the end zone. They're only up three nothing at the end of that. So you can kind of argue that. The offense squandered an opportunity to take an early lead. Oh, that's a really easy argument. But that's not on Bortles. No, it's not. Okay. Case in point. We're on the same page. Okay. Then the scripted plays for Philly is done. And the scripted plays for the Jags defense is done. Now Philly starts scoring. And they play the, the clock perfectly before the half. They get the touchdown. Then they start with the ball second half and score again. And all of a sudden, that game looks like it's going to get ugly mm-hmm. real quick. And, it's, and it didn't. Yeah. It didn't. Bortles kind of settled into it. Mm-hmm. He took what the defense was giving him. He didn't look like the tragic story that is being shaped around his name the last... Like, everything is... Hit, the sky is falling, and it's all Bortles' fault. Right. It's not that all of a sudden the pass rush has kind of disappeared other than no. Ngakwe. No. Uh, but, but I think that I've been explicitly clear about... The offensive line troubles and the receivers being very inconsistent. And I haven't heard once about how bad the linebackers play. So, on the defensive side is a completely different argument. When I'm so talking that, about that's what lost in that game, though. I would not disagree with that. I would, I, I would say that the offense played well enough for the defense to keep them in the game. But in the first half, they had turnovers and they played well. They still had a chance to win at the end of that game with their defense playing bad and Bortles was the one that was that had like a credible like a somewhat of a credible performance at no point in time at any drives in that football game did I think to myself we're gaining momentum like you cost me fantasy points last last week sir because I had every intention of putting Carlos Hyde because you told me he was getting 100 yards and two touchdowns and for some dumb reason I thought you know what maybe he is gonna be the spark for that offense. And let's have a conversation about how he had six touches for 11 Four yards. yards. Oh, okay. There might have been a there few must have extra been a, there, garbage Yeah, there must there. have been, because I was tracking it. But the inconsistency that I'm trying <laughs> to talk about <laughs> expands beyond Blake Bortles. And I'm not blaming everything and anything on him. I'm not if saying talk you about, necessarily. Yeah, but, but that's like, what's going on, and that's what's being said. The defense has had a lower quality for the last five weeks. Yeah. And the quality has been... At all three levels. But I will say that the defensive line is still getting pressure because Calais Campbell spent some time in the backfield. He did. Marcel Darius is more than just a run stopper. 
Okay, and Yannick Ndokwe is one of the best players on that defense. Okay? Yes, okay, he is. So I the, agree with that. So the linebackers, I've noticed that Miles Jack and Talvin Smith have been routinely out of position, out of position. in the last five Chasing. weeks. Miles, I, mean, I haven't I've, seen, I didn't see Miles Jack chase plays as much in that, as I have in the last month that I did all of last season. It doesn't make any sense to me, and I think that it might be the linebackers not trusting their eyes or not understanding what they're seeing in front of them. But I... I I think it's just not trusting what they see and reacting to it because they are some of the best linebackers in football. Uh, at certain things, I think it's I think at, at the sample size is large enough now, season and a half, yeah. that they can't handle a, a a good running attack that will come downhill in between the tackles and just punch them in the mouth. They're are not saying, those guys. Are you saying that Miles Jack and Telvin Smith are just too fast and they're too they're they're the speed guys? They're, they're not too, the strong guys. To, <laughs> you know to what? Stop I think they're too the big run. to both play safety. So they're out of position. Oh, they're, that's a really good argument. Okay. You want to talk about tweeners, yeah. Like they're, they're both about 240, 250. But they're like, but still, they're kind still of, big. they're kind of both like Tyron Matthew for lack of a, I hate comparisons. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I don't want to, yeah, yeah, I don't no, want to no, put that label on. But it's, sense. but no, no, it does in a sense of playing out of position. And there's a reason why Tyron Matthew went to Houston and not to maybe where some would have. Yeah, projected him in the offseason because it doesn't fit the it doesn't fit the scheme. Their body sizes are different, but the but, offenses but that are being implemented the last month and a half against Jacksonville yeah. is to per is purposely putting those guys out of position, not letting them play their strength sideline to sideline, and getting bowled over. I couldn't agree more with you. They but that's are, supposed to be their strength. They are. I, I understand they're targeting linebackers that are fast and seem to be. Out of position, maybe it's because they think that their feet are so good that they can get to wherever they need to get to. I. What Jack- happens now when they have a good performance off the bye and Portals goes back to, to shit in the bed? There can't be any inconsistency on, okay. either side of the, on either side of the ball. What are your thoughts on them being able to put multiple position groups playing well on the same Sunday consistently for the rest of the season? So I think a lot of it comes down to play calling. I That's think another. That, so I think that the offensive play calling in the last five weeks has been simplified. For it to be effective, let's keep it simple. Oh, and that's killing them. And I couldn't agree more. We talked about this. If you have a simplified offense that's based on a power run game, when you don't have your power runner and you're still calling a simplified offense, I'm not saying it's overly vanilla. I'm saying that crossing and drag routes get old really fast because this is the yeah. National Football League. Yeah. So when you call that type of, uh, of an offensive system devoid of your best player in the backfield, there are implications that ripple. And that's when I think that, that, that play calling has a, a deliberate effect on the offense. On the defensive side of the ball, I think it's less so play calling. And I... Oh, see, I I'll, that I'll argue that. Because, no, because Todd Wash is a situational play caller. What NFL coach isn't, right? What he, NFL coach isn't? And he's getting put out of position repeatedly. And I don't know if it's because on first and second down, he's not calling the right plays, and then it's third and short for everybody, or if the run is having such an impact against his linebackers that he does not know how to cope. Does he bring Tashawn Gibson? Does he bring Barry Church up closer? Have you been watching... Teams play CFL offense against your defense for the last month, getting first downs off first and second downs consistently. And I never thought I'd see it happen. That's that's what it is. What did you guys excel at last? Getting off the field on third down because yeah. you're you're putting the defense behind the chains and the, or and offense behind the chains and the defensive line just goes. And, and now it, yeah. all of a sudden it's third and three, it's third and four, it's third. And th- it, Always manageable, and or you they're not that, even getting to third down. And when you couple that with not playing well against the run. It's bang because teams will run on you on That's third what and I'm four saying. and shorter, and they'll do it. I'm not trying to tear them down and say, yeah. "Look at this is what they are." Yeah, but when it's that many, like it's it's not just Blake Bortles, it's no. not just that receiving core, and it's not just Fournette being out. Because let's be honest, Fournette isn't necessarily setting the world on fire every single game, unless. I'd argue in 2018 he hasn't had the opportunity to because his hamstring well, has been hurt since the New York Giants game, which is week one. For sure. But there was games last year where Bortles, okay, it's on Bortles a little bit more than we wanted to, and oh, well, look, he's throwing outside the numbers and, and completing passes. And then things were all all good in Denmark. <laughs> <laughs> right? I'm not trying yeah. to fucking spend 10 minutes on your it. team I get it. in the midst of, of okay. losing five of six. Yeah. But I'm trying to get uh, it like... 
Is this a is this a wild card team right now? This is a team that doesn't have an identity because when your offense is designed o- around a power running game and your power runner is absent, good transition. You can't suddenly just turn into a passing offense, especially with your number one receiver going down to start the season. Yes. Especially with Blake Bortles being relatively inconsistent. He is not always inconsistent. Okay. It's relative. Now, let's take away something from Philadelphia because they did win this football game. Carson Wentz is back. I know he looked shaky in the first half, but you know what? He is accurate. He makes all the throws. He does. Don't get me wrong. He does. He turns the ball over a couple of times in the first half. He'll try to fit it into into windows and stuff. You know what, though? It's... It's kind of weird. I kind of came away from that game as a Cowboy fan as, as thinking, like, this team's beatable. Philly's beatable. Um, it, It's, they're good. Like, I don't really know how to get, like, I don't have any faith in any team in the NFC East right now of pinpointing this team's going to get it together or this team's going to keep it together okay. or this team's going to keep on plummeting. Here's, here's, here's a takeaway from Philadelphia, okay? He, Carson Wentz completed a pass to nine different receivers, and mm-hmm. they just traded for Golden Tate, arguably the best slot receiver in football. Okay, you could make the yeah. argument. You could make the argument. Yeah, where's my push a T fucking yeah. soundboard? Yeah, all that I'm saying is I like Emmanuel Sanders too. All that I'm saying is there are takeaways in Philadelphia, and with Jay Ajayi going down, they look like that their play calling with Smallwood now with that rookie out of Notre Dame, uh, Adams. Yeah, they they look. Yeah, like Adams they got can... more carries than I expected. And, yeah, and, and why now? And why did he get more carries? He's the bigger body, and they wanted to pound that defense. I agree. It's with weird. You. I agree with you, and when you look at it, he looks like he comes out of left field, when in reality, it's just expert play calling. Targeting yeah. a defense's weakness and saying, we got this big body guy, Clement and Smallwood are shifty or fast guys in the backfield, let's just go slam them. You know what my takeaway from the Eagles game, I can pinpoint something, is that I was right in saying that they're struggling with their receivers separating on the outside, and, and voila, here comes Golden Tate. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. The, the thing that I'm taking away from that is that counter to Jacksonville not having a fucking clue who they are right now, yep. whether it's good or bad or mediocre, Philadelphia knows exactly who they are right now, and that's why that game was as tight as it was because there's not a, a, a an overwhelming vote of confidence. The, the players every week can... Talking about having to find their swagger, they gotta get their swagger back. They yeah. gotta start playing with more fun. So they know they're not panicking, but they do know that it's not the same as last year, and and the all the bounces aren't going their way. Everything. So they know who they are, and they know that it's they gotta keep working at it. They gotta keep getting better. They gotta keep improving. Yeah. Or like they're not they're not good enough to just win off the the title of. Uh, reigning Super Bowl champions. I think we can both agree that they're probably one of the best 500 teams in football right now, halfway through the season. They're that's a good. That's a, a there's no very, other way to look at it other than they're the best team at 500. It's a very good way of summarizing right what I was trying to say. I'm trying to be positive about the Eagles, and that's as a Cowboys like, fan, which is sort, sort of very sort of hard for me to do. Like, so, so let's <laughs> so let's transition to Carolina putting up 36 points on what I thought. I've been starting Baltimore's defense in my fantasy league all year. Yeah. 36 points. I just finished big in the muck last week about being the best defense in the league. And then I looked at the line and saw that they were favored by two. And all I could think was, so you're telling me they'd be favored by seven if they were at home? Because they would not be. So I was all over Carolina last week. And it was nice to see DJ Moore kind of have a little bit of a coming out party. And that's going to add another (laughs) element to that offense. And uh, I think that Carolina's for real. We, we, you and I had a conversation uh, before going on the air. Christian McCaffrey had 18 touches. He touched the ball 18 times. Okay, he had two touchdowns. Yeah. So when you look at they, what, when you look at him, is he a vital piece to that offense? Oh, 100 percent. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. He's not. He's not interchangeable. He's not somebody who you can. No. He's. He. No. Is, there is an element to him that's. He's not elite because there's just. It, like the the position's so talent rich right now, especially with all these first, second, third year players in the league. Is he the but, cheese on the pizza that is that offense? <laughs> he's 
He is, man. He might be the pepperoni. He might be the pepperoni, my friend. He's the cheese that's holding okay, that thing bro, together because it is no, a versatile Cam, offense. If you want to go with weird food analogies, the defense is the crust and the foundation of that pizza. Cam Newton's the cheese and the sauce. and Everybody else is the And then the you sprinkle in a little Everybody bit of toppings? pepperoni McCaffrey and you throw in a I'm little bit of... That. I'm going to agree with that. Bacon uh, wide receivers. What I mean by that statement is if you take out McCaffrey, what the he's fuck one did of those. We just say? Bro, he's one of those. He's like we talked about last week. He's one of those buffet backs. Whatever you, you want to eat, bro. I hate that term. But I, I, it's, a, it's, it's a fixture, just like him in that offense. All I'm trying to say is is he's not an interchangeable guy, and he's on, no, the, ro- he's on the road to elite, man. On the road. Now, Baltimore uh, putting up. I think he's on the road, and by the end of this season, we're going to be talking about him. When you started talking category. about Christian McCaffrey mm-hmm. before we went on the air. All I could say to you was, man, they would have been so much better to draft Kamara two rounds later. And I'm right. Yeah, but then we had so many other hindsight. We did. We went we went off on a tangent. I said Khalil Mack should have been drafted instead of Blake Bortles at third overall. We would have paid him. Sorry, John. Um so Sorry, John. I don't remember. So (laughs) that's a movie reference. So Good old rounders. Okay. Is Joe Flacco playing well or did, did did I think he's playing well this season, and I think he had a bad game. Do you agree or disagree? I think he's playing well this season. I think he had a bad game. One touchdown, two interceptions. They he got off didn't to even a slow throw for start. 200 yards. He didn't even throw for 200 yards. They got off to a slow start. Um, Your boy, Alex Collins, 11 touches, 49 yards, one touchdown. Ew, I hate that I he's mean. my boy because I got <laughs> forced into drafting him into fantasy. I like how we kind of skew. Like, this is the furthest thing from a fantasy football podcast, but we definitely talk – we just sprinkle it in. Yeah, it's a little bit of sprinkle. Like I hope no one's coming sprinkle. coming here for fantasy info of who to bench in their flex or some shit. No, but just but, listen, it'll come. Right. Um, wh- <sighs> Don't start Joe Flacco if we're still talking fantasy. <laughs> but but I think he's playing well this season, and I think he had a bad game. And that defense, thirty six points, are supposed to be the best in football. Uh, yeah, I don't trust them on the road necessarily. Okay. Um, they got a tough game. Like not to. Jump ahead to this nope. week, but going they got to go home against Pittsburgh this week. Are they going to be on, losing their third in a row? Well, let's stick that's, to what I, we I know. Hear, I hear you. I hear you. In week eight, but that's a little food for thought. Are they a playoff team? <sighs> See, and that, now you're t- you tell me to pump my brakes on looking fair, into week nine. Fair, you want to go to week fair, seventeen? Fair. I jumped. I, you're hilarious. I, I jumped. Do, ahead. I do think that they. I do think that that fuck that division might get three playoff teams. Staying with staying with takeaways. Uh, Carolina, that might, yeah, that Cam, might be a hot take. Cam Newton, two two plus touchdowns in six straight games. He's having a, he's having he's doing, a consistent season. He's and doing he's, much more than I expected because I didn't trust uh, the North Turner offensive calling for a Cam Newton type of quarterback. I but believe, he has tailored it perfect. I've to believed him. in him as a passer more so than you have. Oh, 100%. But know. I will say that North Turner is smarter than about 1,900 well, he, other football utilized, guys combined. Yeah, he's utilized. Can you Every, imagine what North Turner would be doing for Dak Prescott right now? Oh, that's another conversation. Takeaways from that game. I like the Panthers to win the that division. Whoa. Because, Whoa. Whoa. Because. Because. You're crazy. So you think the Saints They're are... They're only a game back right yeah, now. Yeah, but oh, you I think the Saints, Saints are just going to walk away? I cost myself 1500 What's a more complete bucks? team? Davenport's out for the next four weeks, too. Marcus, uh, on, yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, okay. So who, what's a more complete team in your eyes right now in that division? Answer just... Don't look at their records. I know what Drew Brees is. I struggled on this podcast to talk about his greatness a few weeks ago. <laughs> so what I will say unequivocally is that that division is up for grabs and Carolina has a shot it at it. so good he flustered you. Had yeah, to man, talk, had to it, was like a, he was. it was like we had a first date. I, I was thinking about his 500 touchdowns. That's hilarious. Yeah. Um, I know where you're going with it. You just don't see them being better than New I, Orleans because of that offense. Is that, is, that, is that true? I think I'm more skewed because I've peeked ahead at Carolina's schedule. And they've got one of the tougher schedules, the next like to finish the season. Um, it's just, it's so weird. Like they got to play they got to play New Orleans twice in the final three weeks of the season. And, and I'm arguing that so that's to their so, benefit. And that's why I get like I can't even really talk about it until then because until yeah fair enough okay All like right. it's weird like yeah. you know what I mean yeah okay takeaways from the Chicago Bears and New York Jets. I mean I've been talking about I, Mitchell Trubisky being a good football player. 
and I mean, you you you're not gonna tell okay, me that I know what I'm talking he's about. He's a good like, runner from the quarterback position, but he can't. He's not an accurate passer. Okay, so so 16 for 29, so that's a little bit over 50 against the Jets defense. Fair enough. 220 yards, two touchdowns, but he didn't throw a pick. And that's at the end, what, of you know what? The Chicago day, did exactly what they were supposed to do in that game, even with Khalil Mack out. Um, I mean, if they would have lost that game, then there would have been panic setting in. And, and oh, in the Windy City would have been blowing real strong. Man. Absolutely. They went from last place in the division, the first, with a win against the Jets. Um, I still don't believe in them. Okay. I, uh, There's not much I to take away from time that. Yeah, I know, about I know. Them. There's not much really to take away from that football game because it's not one of those games that's yeah, did anyone even watch a that lot game? to discuss. I, I, I started Mitchell Trubisky, and I won in fantasy th- this week, I'll have you know. But uh, let's m- let's move on to a game that was high scoring and does have some implications in Cincinnati and Tampa Bay. That okay. game, thirty-seven, thirty-four. I, I should have never fucking fits magic, man. How does that happen? And it's James funny. Now we have to talk about this guy play. again. I know, I know. I was trying to all week. I was trying to think of how to add Avoid to our that discussion. No, yet. I was trying to think of how to add to our. Fitz magic, Fitz adric, or Fitz average, Fitz tragic, yeah. Fitz fucking benched, yeah. Fitz, <laughs> Fitz back now, Fitz, Fitz QB one all over listen, again. Like listen. if that motherfucker comes out looking like Conor McGregor with a gold <laughs> chain and killing it at the press conference because they beat Carolina this week, I will be livid. Listen here, cowboy. He is. He is. He is Fitz backup. He is the backup. He is the best backup quarterback in yeah, the yeah. last ten years. There has not been somebody who can come off the bench and sling it like okay, that bearded one. He already wonder. got pulled for Jameis. That's why he's the best backup. And then got thrown back in again. That's why he's the best backup. How do we talk about that? Like, is he get, okay? What are the odds of him finishing the season as the quarterback? On, I wouldn't bet that with somebody else's money. Okay. Okay. I have like no what, idea. So, so what? Okay. Better way to word it. What's more likely to happen? And and <laughs> and and take the number into effect. Okay. He he has a four interception game, causing him to get pulled. Or a four get, touchdown game? No no no. Or okay. or him like finishing the season without being pulled again. What's, What's more, more likely? likely that he'll throw a four touchdown game, get pulled, or finish the season without getting pulled? Because it will take all the way to four picks to what? get him out of the game again. If he if he what? has three picks in a quarter, they'll go. Just don't throw the fourth man. What? What's the push on this one? <laughs> right? It's that's crazy. I'm glad I don't have to. That we're having like that. this discussion right now, but how bad is Tampa Bay's defense? Are they the worst in football? Yes. Because Gerald McCoy, I, I I don't believe the defensive tackle played on Sunday. I I, I think he was. I I looked at him on the ticker as not being active, but once again, uh, fans, this is feeling. Oakland's not pretty facts, bad so. on defense, but Tampa Bay fired Tampa the defensive Bay's coordinator. Yeah, they did. So I mean, like, I'm not saying they fired that... their offensive coordinator too, didn't they? No, that was Arizona. It's too many fire. Hey, did I? Did we talk yet about how happy I am that the Cowboys grew some balls midseason and and at least fired somebody and fired their old line coach? Yeah, yeah, it just wasn't okay. Jason Garrett. Yeah. Was it a week ago or two weeks ago that I started talking about how bad the Cowboys O line had looked with uh, Paul Alexander since he came in, and how good the Bengals O line has looked since. We essentially traded O line coaches, and they took Frank Pollock off our hands, and and all of a sudden the Bengals know how to run block and pass protect. Yeah, well, and you the Cowboys look like that. a fucking hot know, mess. You would know more about that than I would. However, there's I've read three say, articles since that cl- I don't want to call him a clown. He was in the league for twenty two years or twenty three. He must years know something. But when you yeah. get fired seven weeks into a season, and you essentially ruin two All Pros, and and just. Make a guy that was making a great transition from left guard to right tackle make him look like a mess. Yeah, they. I've read three articles now already this week where they're all like where they're openly saying we are throwing out any technique, any sort of philosophy that we were using the first time, and we we're going back to the future is what they called it. They're going back to basics with what. The like I said, running game Moses yeah. with, with Bill Callahan and like yeah. implemented things because Mark Colombo is now the interim O line coach who was the protege under Bill Callahan. He yeah. was also the guy that should have been given the goddamn job in the off season can, when they hired Paul Alexander. Can we get off the tangent train for one second? <laughs> because Joe Mixon had twenty four touches in that game, one hundred thirty eight scrimmage yards and two touchdowns. Who is more important to that offense, Joe Mixon or AJ Green? I want to argue the offensive line. 
They're playing very well. They're keeping. They are they're just keeping, to get, and not even to prove Andy my point. Dalton, no, and they're keeping Andy Dalton upright, and he's having a great season, not because he's Aaron Rodgers, but because he has support around him. Fair point. Yeah, Fair I want to. I want to put it on that because. Fair point, man. And I'm a, I'm expecting a drastic turnaround with that offensive line. And there's just I not see enough a, stats for offensive line, eh? There's there's just not enough stats to indicate how. No, good and there's they too are. many hot takes when you play 68 snaps and you give up two sacks. And all of a sudden, you had a bad game, but yet you yeah. rubbed a guy out 66 times out of yeah, 68. Yeah, and you had four pancakes, and but the play was 40 yards downfield because you laid him out, right. and no one's talking about it. Absolutely. Right. So I'm, I, Absolutely. that's just, we were talking Fair about point. some coaching changes, and I'm encouraged to see that. Absolutely. That's a takeaway from me off the bye week. Um, Moving on to... Rams-Green um, Bay? Yeah, well, I want to talk about that. and then I bet you do, because you I, were very adamant that Green Bay was going to win that game. And if Ty Montgomery doesn't lose his mind yeah. and cost him his position on the football team, <laughs> I would have been right, because Aaron Rodgers has a minute and a half to go 45 yards. And Mason Crosby, now, in Los, he's in Los Angeles. How do you miss a kick in perfect weather? I don't want to disagree with you there. However, that's been the majority take from the national media. Since that game was played? Let's get specific then. Hold on. Take away the what you've seen from Aaron Rodgers with the game on the line in the past. What from that game gave you the 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 confidence that they were just going to march down the field and win that game? The fact that Aaron Rodgers was throwing against a number one corner that used to be his teammate and they have a ring together and Tlaib and Peters aren't playing very, very well or they're not playing at all. Every time I've wa- I haven't watched very many Sam Rams Shields games. is playing extremely good football. But every time I look at a, at a highlight against the Rams, it's Marcus Peters getting fucking burned. So he's not playing well or he's no, not playing not, he's not, at all. He's not and playing I'm saying like, that, 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 that Sam Shields is his number one, okay? <laughs> and I'm saying that Aaron Rodgers feels good against throwing against that Rams defense. Now, based on, on that game, to answer your question? Nothing. Where, right? So Rodgers didn't look good in that game. So the offensive line didn't... didn't Give me a lot of cause to say A Rod is just gonna sling it today. Yeah. Okay, like if you if if you look at how mobile Aaron Rodgers has to be in the pocket. Five years ago, he was mobile because he chose to be. See now, I I think what what are they three three and one yeah. through eight weeks? Yeah. And what I think you're like what we're seeing this year from Green Bay, mm-hmm. and what you're gonna see in the future is the product of that contract. In so far the second, as the, the second money, that he signed that contract, I said he never wins another ring because they're not going to be able to put a team around him. As far as the money is concerned, yeah, it's 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 a it's a pretty decent salary cap hit. Yeah, I don't know. I just I really don't see them. I I don't like he's great. I don't know. And that's even that's uh, I don't want to go off on a side tangent, but what's more of a uh, a travesty that he's probably going to finish his career with one ring. Or that the Steelers just wasted having Big Ben, Le'Veon Bell, and, and Antonio Brown together and not winning a ring with them. That's a really good football, like, hot take argument. Like, that's a really good question. And so far That's as what like, I bring. Whenever a, whenever a Steeler fan wants to talk a little shit to me yeah. about being a Cowboy fan or yeah. anything, I just remind them of that. Just how, how hard would you rip on me? Yeah. If those three players were on my fucking team with, with stars on their helmets, yeah. I would never hear the goddamn end of it. Well, the last time I checked, the Cowboys did have three stars in the 1990s, and it resulted in quite a few rings. So, uh, but back to the back to the takeaway. So, A Rod, 18 for 30, 286, and one touchdown. There wasn't anything in that game that spelled out he was the Messiah, <laughs> but he was as good as he needed to be. And Aaron Jones, 12, 12 rushes, 86 yards, one now touchdown. Now we're gonna and now Listen, we're gonna see that offense change. But all that I'm saying is, is they had established a run game. So you asked me what in that game did I like that made me feel that in all oh, they weren't giving the ball to, to Jones on that drive. All that I'm saying to you is, is if they wanted to run, they could have. And I'm saying it to you because Aaron Rodgers, yeah, but Aaron Rodgers clocks it. Aaron Rodgers is smart. Aaron Rodgers doesn't listen to the voice in his helmet when there's less than two minutes to go. The voice in his helmet says, I know he's got this. Yeah. And I'm not telling you that they're going to run the ball like like Pat Shermer tells Eli Manning to do last Monday night. Yeah. All that I'm saying is, is that they had established the run. Okay. Is Green Bay a playoff team? Not right now, no. Not after is Chicago, is Chicago a playoff team? Yes, they are. Okay, so, okay. Okay. That's where you're, so, you're, you're at with that. I am. Um, another hot takeaway. So, uh, you know what? Just to put to a add, to kind of, that? Yeah. F- yeah, just, I want to know where, 
Okay. How your Seattle playoff team? I don't know. Because if you were to ask if me... we were just the writing four, them off? Man, the first four weeks of the season, we, we were talking about them like they were the best team in the CFL. <laughs> and now, in the, the last five weeks, they've shown that... Dude, Russell Wilson might be that good. Yeah, I, I he's... He might be transcendent. He's pretty damn good. He might be like the kind of player that is just so possessed by his heart and his mind that he is always in the right frame of mind. Have you ever listened to him in interviews? Isn't it crazy? He's inspiring, dude. Well, he's... He's fucking corny. Well, he's... He's uh, corny. He's inspiring if you let him inspire Bro, he's, bro, he's Nebraska you. corny. <laughs> Straight up. He is. He's husking corn corny. Um, but... So what? I just I wanna I wanna get a takeaway from that. Like Okay. Because that was my I've got two losses from last week. I went twelve and fourteen. Okay. And both of them I feel were the games were the only games that I really kinda went back and forth on. And for some dumb reason, I trusted Detroit at home versus Seattle coming off of a bye. Because I just don't trust... I was still in the mindset of, okay, Seattle might be an 8-8 eight eight team. They're not going to be a good 8-8 eight eight team. They're going to get 6-8 to eight wins at home. And that's why they're going to be an 8-8 eight eight team. So I kind of just wrote them off on the road and, and forgot about it. The other one was fucking me being all over New Orleans all year talking about how they're going to win the Super Bowl. And then I don't take them in the Minnesota game. So we've segued into the Detroit... Seattle game, okay? Yes. We segue nicely in, into it. And, I don't know about nicely. but Well, no, I, I don't know about n- nicely either. <laughs> but, um, man, Russell Wilson, 14-17, 248 and three touchdowns. Is that just is that just dominant play calling against He's, a defense that you know what you're looking at? And that's, what I, I, that's where I don't know how to evaluate it because he is leading the NFL right now in touchdown per pass percentage. It's nine percent of his passes are throwing for completed touchdown passes. What's like That's a insane. greater level? Like, what's a better? De- uh, um, it's almost a measurement of efficiency. I don't know if there is one, but right? at the same time, every tenth pass is a touchdown. Every, I don't know how to trust that though, because that could stop like that. Right? It could because yeah. I don't trust the line, especially on the road. Yeah, well, yeah. And the I've kind of been waiting for the wheels to fall off on that defense, and I haven't seen. Any signs of it since that Earl Thomas injury? But they're four and three, and in that division, I don't know. That's why I asked. That's why I went. I took it from Green Bay to Chicago to Seattle. Okay, to to determine who is the greatest threat. Out Just of those? where your head is in terms of. So like, you're basically th- buying Chicago as the division leader. So in my mind, I oh. have to automatically give Minnesota the five spot and not tell you about it and then ask you who's the six without asking you who's the six. I understand. Just asking you if they're a playoff team. I, I, I understand completely. So and of how- those three, now that you know why, like why I'm asking it, because I'm, I'm going to say, uh, see, I can't even do it because you think that Carolina's going to win the division. So if let's do it that way. Rams are winning the division. Carolina's winning the division. Yep. Philly... Is winning the division? We'll just go there, yeah. right? And the North is Minnesota. Do you think? No, you. Think I'm Chicago going with you. You, Chicago you say Chicago. 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 So if that, if those are the four teams, yeah. who's your wild card teams? New Orleans has to be the five. There's no. And then who's the? Six? And then is it Chicago? Is it Seattle? Is it Green Bay? Is it Washington? Is it? After Washington, okay, so Washington has five wins. Those are really the only ones I'll, yeah. I'll name. After Washington got their fifth win and got a great. Free safety. Yeah. Oh, this, yeah. This last week, I like them as being the six. Because okay. I like Alex Smith's experience. I like Adrian Peterson's so experience. So the Minnesota misses the playoffs in your mind. And so does Green Bay. In my mind, it's close. And so does Atlanta. Oh, I, And so does Seattle. I, I, don't give, I don't give Atlanta or Seattle stock you, right now. Atlanta's a write-off? I don't give Atlanta or Seattle stock right now because I haven't seen enough. I don't watch their games. But hold on a second. Staying with Seattle. Chris That's Carson. Chris Carson touched the ball 25 times for 105 yards. We might be seeing... Well, he started my flex. That's me patting myself on the back. I picked him up. He started my flex. Waiver wire killer. Well, I drafted him. No big deal. But uh, he was a steal in mine. I think he was like 12 or 13 round. But anyway, the fact of the matter is, is if they establish a run game and Russell Wilson throws the ball 14 times and gets three touchdowns in it, they don't have to do anything else. They really don't. They just have to be okay on defense. They just have to be okay. And I, I, 
If you would have told me we would have been having this conversation at the beginning of October, I would have laughed you out of the room. Oh, we're going to laugh at it, uh, this in um, December oh. when we go. Remember that this was the way things were looking to shape up? Uh, Bron- That's why hot takes are fun. Because you can look like a genius or if you know how to wear the egg, then you can you can salvage it and learn something from it. I would agree. Uh, Kansas City, Denver. Do we take anything away from that, or did that happen as we thought it would? Like, I we... take away frustration because fucking Kansas City couldn't cover the spread. Well, fair enough. But as far as that game's concerned, we're Romeo Cornell. They are who we thought they were, right? That's that that's game my is... degenerate take. My real take from it is that <laughs> degenerate. Den- take. It, well, it, fuck, I I should have been living in lavish this week, but Kansas City decided to not cover the spread. Um, the, if it it, it kind of shaped mm-hmm. up the way it should as a divisional game mm-hmm. when especially they already played tight and Denver blew a 10-point fourth quarter lead in Denver like four weeks ago. Yeah, So I they had see... added incentive to play it to the end. Yeah. But that, that meaningless field goal at the end made it look closer than it was. Mahomes did a lot of damage early and then they kind of just went into coast mode. Denver ran the ball against them. Well, Denver, Denver's supposed to be Denver able to run the ball against to, them. And, but Denver's been able to run the ball, period. So Kansas City hasn't really been able to stop it. And I yeah. believe that Hitchens got hurt somewhat early in that game. I don't remember yeah. if he went back in. The, but that's, their, that's probably their best run stop yeah. uh, linebacker. The ex-Cowboy? Yes. And so, I'm not just saying it because I know. But Would we agree that in the AFC West there's really only two teams? Because 100%. now, because now Denver being at three and five, okay, so set we can pre- move yeah, on. I pre- yeah, I said it preseason. We can move it's on. Two team race, and really, it's I, I, th- I think they play again after the the bye for Kansas City. If Kansas, I, I wish we no facts, but if <laughs> just feelings, no facts. Yeah, that game is gonna be the divi- Like whoever wins that game, actually no, because even if. If the Chargers win that game, the second matchup, I'd still take KC to uh, to win that division. Let's uh, cross conference and New Orleans thirty, Minnesota twenty. So, did that game play out any differently than you had thought in your mind? Because Drew Brees goes eighteen for twenty three for one hundred twenty yards, one touchdown, one pick. That's not Drew Brees numbers. No, that that's game, not man. That's that game that's like, did play out different in my mind because yeah, yeah I, picked I thought so too. But also. That game reassured my thought that when we record on time on a Wednesday or a Thursday, mm-hmm. definitely going back and listening before I make my picks on Sunday and and put them in. Uh, Based on that, it, just locking my picks in. I need to listen to what we're breaking down because if I did, I take New Orleans in that game. I I would, I would have to ask myself, how are you so far? removed from being like in love with the Saints this season to yeah. take Minnesota just because they're at home. And then I asked you what's going to be the the storyline that one team's justified from their win or the, they get the revenge. And you told me it was going to be the revenge factor. And I, to- I chose to ignore it because it was earlier in the season. But New Orleans showed that they can win ugly. So I mean, like they can win. Like Breeze didn't go out there and and just set the world on so fire. So Drew Breeze throws the ball twenty three times. He completes eighteen of them. He gets one touchdown, one pick. But here's the other part of the equation: when you can run the ball with Mark Ingram thirteen times, and then you run the ball with Alvin Kamara thirteen times, well, I don't know how you get a more balanced attack. You have the power, you have the speed. Sean Payton's in complete control of that team. Well, he has been for five years. Well, but I mean, it's incredible, especially now. Yeah. Now that they've got to run, he's been wanting to run the ball for forever, yeah. and Breeze would fucking like check out of it. Really, eh? Oh, hundred percent. That's that's been talked. They've been they've talked in interviews together about that, and just joked about it, probably. Well, you can kind of see the <laughs> Sean Payton like yeah, follow it's your funny now, follow funny yeah. now that we have fucking Ingram and Kamara. Yeah, that, that that's a bit of a different equation. Uh, takeaways from that game: Do you see the Saints as the leaders in the NFC? Yeah, it'll be interesting. Sure. Like they got another big game this week against the Rams. And yeah, they do. How do uh, How do you pick that how game? How do I How do I pick the Rams in that game? What do you mean? How do you pick the Rams in that game? So, I'm all I'm, I'm the not Orleans. doing it again. I'm not picking the Rams this week and saying two weeks in a row I'm I'm frustrated with myself for ignoring my own brain I'm do and again. not picking the Saints. I'm picking the Saints, and, and if I'm wrong, then I'll go, at least I was wrong with yeah. with what I've been consistent with. Yeah. 
Fair enough. Um, just another takeaway because rookie quarterbacks are a thing here. Um, Arizona gets a win. Josh Rosen gets a win. Byron Leftwich, one for one. I mean, and that was perfect segue. Thank you very much. Ugly game. Though. Yeah, so Josh Rosen, 250 yards, completes, you know, 60% of his passes-ish, two touchdowns, one interception. Um, David Johnson. 16 touches. So, I mean, Still, he's getting the ball 59 yards. Well, you not, know what I'm going to – I'm going <laughs> to I'm gonna hang my hat on, on the story that I heard from that game that uh, Larry Fitz gave his kid tickets and his kid said, do I have to go? No. And and his, and he said, like, what? Like, his reaction was like, what? What do you mean do you have to go? And he's like, like do you not want to go? And he's like, well, it's kind of boring, Dad. So Larry Fitz goes out and has like 100 and whatever yards and a touchdown. Well, I was just going to say that. In his best game of the season. And it's just kind of like I heard that story and I go, oh, a three-point victory and an ugly win against two bad teams. I'll give that the the overlaying factor of why that like that guy had a, a, a mission at hand. So more than just a bef- win in the league. Before you told me that story, my only thought process was – Byron Lefwich implemented has, something new. No, he spent a decade watching Larry Fitzgerald and oh, thinking, just give oh, him, no, if I Larry had Fitz Larry had a fire under his if ass I from had, his kid. No, <laughs> if I had Larry Fitzgerald, so check this out. <laughs> Eight catches, 102 yards, one touchdown, 12 yep. targets. Right. 12 targets. So Byron Lefwich is thinking to himself, hey, if I'm Josh Rosen, I'm throwing the most experienced guy, you know. And it's like Christian Kurt has been uh, out-targeting him like four weeks in right. a row prior he, to that. He, he had a touchdown as well. He only had and seven I targets. I was just so. going to say, he did not have yeah. an off game. No. So mm-hmm. it's funny that the Wiley veteran from the slot was able to get open a little bit more with that fire lit under his ass from his blood. That's a funny story. That's, and and that's, again, that's, I could sound a, like an absolute story. fucking moron no, for saying story. that. That's it's a, a cute, cute little, story. The cute little yeah. heartwarming story that... That in a terrible San Francisco versus Arizona matchup, that's yeah. what I'm taking away from especially it. In an 1815, Larry Fitzgerald is still very prideful. Yeah, and especially <laughs> in an 1815 grind fest, right? It just adds credence right? to uh, your theory. Um, does Indy beating Oakland matter? Should we? Um, I think it does. So and, I, Andrew Luck. You think, yeah. Andrew you, Luck's uh, back. It mattered for me because I said earlier I was the waiver wire killer last mm-hmm. week. I had everyone and their mom on their bye week, yep. and I was – projected to lose by about 90 points going into to Thursday until I picked up nine different players for nine different positions in the waiver wire mm-hmm. and then won my matchup. So thank you, Andrew Luck, for coming out to and play, in, to play in, yeah. in, you know, in California on Sunday. 42 points on the road for the Colts. But 239, three touchdowns, and, no picks. 22 for 31. He's playing clean. Yeah, He's playing and, really clean. Man. And they were down after they had the early momentum in that game. Oakland, Oakland had a couple back, uh, back-to-back scoring possessions, and it kind of looked like it was gonna be, oh, like, should I like I I had a moment of thought like, did I just pick the Colts on the road playing outdoors on grass? Somebody asked me today. They go, or at work yesterday. Do the Colts have a run game? And I said, I don't think they do. And the guy goes, well, what about Marlon Mack touching the ball all those times? He's been playing yeah, very Marlon well. Yeah, Marlon Mack has played well. And Naheem Hines, he can catch the ball coming out of the, the, the backfield. Do they not have a run they've game? They've got more know. of a – pardon me. They've got more of an assemblance of it than they have in the last three years. Ryan, like, Ryan Kelly, they, Quentin Nelson. When they brought in Frank – yes, 100%. They finally have enough a of a, and long- a guard that can open holes that can get someone second and six, yes. third and three. Yes. Stay on track. They are they are Stay on definitely track. heavily favoring that side of the line. Oh, wouldn't you? A hundred percent. I'd run to the left 100% side every single time. Hundred percent. Um, it it does go to show just you know what that's a, a really good thought that made me, I guess, trust that the communication. On the road, mm-hmm. on that offensive line, mm-hmm. was could have been enough of, of a deciding factor. It could have been. Andrew Luck's play could be a byproduct of Ryan Kelly and Quentin Nelson gelling. I was very hard. I was very hard on on him early in the year. Mm-hmm. I still thought that the arm wasn't. It's back. Like the arm talent's there. It. There was a, the a, arm strength is probably there, too. Our first few podcasts, we were talking about how his shoulder's not the same. We were talking about how it doesn't look... He's back. Yeah, Carson I, I Wentz was, back. Andrew, Andrew Luck back. You I'll say Carson Wentz is back 
with a similar tone. Okay. For a different reason, and it's the way he is hanging in the pocket and yeah. taking the hit. But it's after the throw. Yeah. But also, he's his. I guess his just his str- like. He's just a, a fucking man. Yeah, it might be a bad comparison because Carson Wentz had a knee and Andrew Luck had a shoulder. But I watched him get tackled pretty hard twice, wrapped up around the legs, and and step into it and make the throw stepping into the pocket knowing he was going to get leveled. So that level of confidence when you plant your leg. That's the the trust that I have to say that, yeah, he's back. Like yeah. he's, he, I, I kind of was not hope. Like I, I'm not wish this isn't wishing injury on a player. No, but it was hoping for maybe a regression, or maybe a why. I well, because I'm a Cowboys fan, I would have loved to seen Carson Wentz be gun shy in the pocket <laughs> this season. Are you kidding me? And then have like a Nick Foles come in and just be a shaky. Yeah, okay. Or keep okay. him in and and let him see ghosts and and let him hold the ball nowhere near as long as he could to, to let guys run open and, and just start throwing it in the dirt and taking bad sacks and this and that. I would have loved to see that. I'm not seeing that from him. He's The Colts are a team that I'm curious why they didn't make a run at a wide receiver. Why wouldn't they want Demarius Thomas? When you look at how Jack Doyle had six catches and Eric Ebron had three catches and Dontrell Inman had six catches, when your tight ends are two out of the three top pass catchers... My first thought is maybe they've seen the return on investment on their good draft picks, and mm-hmm. they're like, oh, maybe we'll try this drafting thing. Maybe we'll try this thing where we try and get talent where we in inve- colleges. Yeah, like, yeah. We're, yeah, like where we homegrown our own talent. And, yeah. and <laughs> The thing that Ted Thompson in Green Bay has only, only been doing... Seen that, that's, and that's, that's the other side of the coin. That's the other side you're of the coin. too far. You've got to have a very good... Yin and Yang. How does Ted Thompson trade homegrown talent like Haha Clinton Dix? I know that we're segueing in too far, but you know what? I I just well, we you just know talked what? about that homegrown that, talent, a first round safety out of Alabama. That's a good. You know what? I don't want to. I don't want to answer that on here right, because we're we'll going to save it. that. We'll come back no, to we're, it. I had a bit of an eruption there. Sorry. That's our. I think that's it for our recap. I think that's, There's nothing else to take away. The Patriots and the Bills was. I was gonna say I no. didn't. I didn't learn anything. No, else from that game. Other know. than other than the fact that Buffalo's defense is good enough to keep them in games. Um, it is. Buffalo's defense is very very good. Buffalo's offense is bad enough that that defense goes from being very good to average. Fair enough. Because they're on the field so much, man. They're only human beings. Like it's. <laughs> that Buffalo defense is good enough. Combined with my opinion of Mitchell Trubisky, that I will take the Buffalo Bills to cover nine at home this week against the Bears with no quarterback. You're gonna They're starting Nathan Peterman, and I'll take them to cover the nine. So the game, and starts, I'm going to lose it probably. The game starts nine nothing, and you're happy with Nathan Peterman going up against because of that defense. Oh my gosh! Okay, we'll see. I could, and I, we'll as I say see. it out, as I say it out loud, I really it want to think of something else to say funny. quick to end this podcast on a better <laughs> note. But because if anyone else, like anyone else, feels like I do right now, listening to that, they're gonna go. I'm never listening to this fucking podcast again. Don't even why tell me. You, don't even tell ever, me when episode eleven drops because I'm not why fucking listening. Would you listening. even ever make that suggestion? That's hilarious. All right, uh, so yeah, that's it for the recap. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, follow us on Twitter at talking underscore pigskin. And uh, find us on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcast. Hit that subscribe button. And, uh, yeah, feel free to leave us questions. And uh, Good luck in fantasy this weekend, people. Good luck in any type of responsible gambling. Have fun. And I just want to say that uh, Jacksonville doesn't play this week. so Thank goodness. No, you know, I'm just kidding. You can have a little bit of a, a, a different reprieve. football experience I can, this weekend. I can, I can sit back and, and my heart can't hurt. There you go. My heart right. can't take the stress. We'll catch you next time. Take care. Later.